The crimes, the criminals, why did they do it? Who got hurt? Did they meet justice or commit the perfect crime? You'll find all the clues at Jim Harold's Crime Scene. Welcome to the Crime Scene. I am Jim Harold. So glad to be with you once again. And you know, sometimes when I hear about all this modern day crime going on and serial killers and the Madoffs of the world and those kind of people, I think, oh, I wish I lived in a kinder, simpler time. But then, really, Jane Savage came along and busted all of my thoughts of the good old days with her book, A Century of Swindles, Ponzi Schemes, Con Men, and Fraudsters. And we're going to talk to Rayleigh Jane about this book that kind of details actually the bad old days. Uh, Rayleigh Jane Savage lives and works in Ithaca, New York, where her abiding love for histories, forgotten moments, swindles, or otherwise grows against the dramatic background of the Finger Lakes, a beautiful area that I've had a chance to go to. It's great. With an English degree from Smith College, she splits her time between writing and editing. Swindles is her second book with lines after the 2017 release of We Have a Winner, America's Weird and Wonderful Races, Derbies, Pageants, and Eating Contests. Rayleigh Jane Savage, welcome to the show today. Howdy, Jim. Oh, my goodness. What an intro. Thank you so much. I I read it just the way they wrote it. <laughs> well, you delivered it beautifully. My goodness. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I guess I would say that, you know, I always hear from my uh, uh, growing up from my ancestors. I always hear, oh, things back in the old days, they were so sweet and so kind and everybody was so good. But in your book, you detail the time from 1850 to 1950. And uh, really, don't tell me those were actually in some ways bad old days. Sorry, Jim, I might have to burst your bubble because <laughs> it turns out um, baddies persist. There, I don't know that there has ever been a truly good old day, not for everyone anyway. And um, looking at the cons that I do in my book, certainly is proof positive that um, someone was suffering at any given point. And what my book tries to look into is how that suffering was also profitable for other people. Um, so indeed, there is this notion that there were kinder and gentler times in days past, but that is, um, that's pretty rosy. And I think basically false, you know, a, a fiction, a, um, uh, an edited history, which is absolutely the same concept at work in my cons. Um, these people also appealing to the idea that something used to be correct and now we need to write it. Um, that certainly comes up in the final chapter of my book, if it walks like a drake and squawks like a drake, which is all about this con that lasts a hundred years and is essentially trying to sell people in the United States on the idea that they are being withheld something that they are actually due. And in this case, it's folks who happen to have the last name Drake um, being told that they are in fact um, owed, entitled to payouts from the 
unmeted out fortune of Sir Francis Drake. Um, and I'd like to make it very clear right off the bat, there was no fortune to meet out. <laughs> this was all a fantasy, um, but it was certainly an alluring one. And I think draws on that same idea of things used to be better. And if we could just get back to um, the components that were at work in those before times, then things will be better in the future, in the present. And that is a bare, it's a very powerful sentiment, I think. The idea that things used to be better and we are owed ease, you know? Why, why are things more difficult now? Doesn't future mean progress? And um, I, I am sorry to disabuse you of that notion, <laughs> um, indeed, but that, that idea that we should be getting back to what used to work um, is very powerful for folks who might feel otherwise unseated. Um, and that was definitely at work in every single one of the cons that I cover. It's finding folks who are hungry for opportunity, whether earned or otherwise. And that, of course, applies to both the marks and the cons themselves. Um, but the con artists being able to zero in on a mark, a sucker's notion that we are incomplete unless something is righted um, is very powerful and proved very convincing. Now, in terms of con artists, con men, con women, uh, are they basically, I mean, of course, there's differences with technology and different things, but at their heart, are con artists essentially the same back then as they are today? Um, wow, what a good question, which I will preface by saying uh, my book looks at seven different schemes at work in the U.S. between 1850 and 1950. And I chose that time period specifically, um, if for nothing else, because the digital age, I think, changed a lot of, uh, rather created a lot more opportunities for different types of scams. So I do not look at any contemporary, you know, deposed princes emails or um, <laughs> identity theft. I mean, certainly I deal with identity theft, but not by way of stealing someone's social security number from a website. Um, the prevalence of those scams uh, certainly still speaks to the idea that people feel like they should be getting something. But the digital age also has created opportunities um, everywhere in a way that before the internet, the cons I look at anyway, I am interested in them and attracted to them because they're so kind of resourceful and creative. I, I cannot help but almost respect the ingenious lengths these people go to in order to get something for nothing. Um, and because I, you know, spend so much time 
thinking about days past, uh, better or not, I, I guess I feel like the digital age scammer doesn't have to be as inventive. And I guess I don't respect that quite as much. <laughs> uh, which isn't to say that people aren't still being fleeced and suckered, um, because they are. We are in yet another golden age for suckers, I think. Um, but the modes have certainly changed in the digital age. Um, and to that point, when, when we all have access to the internet or all should have access to the internet, um, information is, I mean, it should be sort of democratized, right? right? Like everyone has the same access to the same set of facts. So it then falls to each individual person to fact check or gut check or whatever. In the days I'm looking at, the most sort of prevalent form of information sharing was newspapers. And um, while the newspapers cover everything and then some, there, there is still the... Um, the responsibility is put on the reader, on the person, to sort of go out and seek that information. Nowadays, it's, um, it's a lot easier to verify what you're actually looking at. And I think that that's important to note because, I don't know, a person in 1888 who is worried they're being fleeced but can't actually cross-reference, you know, with Google, I I give those folks, um, like, they have my sympathy, basically. Right, right. Yeah. I do not begrudge the suckers um, for the, on the whole because they were being victimized by people who knew exactly what they had to do in order to extract the most for the least amount. Right. Now, of course, you've got the picture of the the little old lady who, uh, you know, is taken uh, advantage of by the slick con man many times and, you know, defenseless and so forth. And they swindle a fortune from this, uh, this, this poor woman. Uh, that's one of the kind of like, memes or stereotypes uh, yeah i think i've seen that movie (laughs) yeah yeah but but then again sometimes and i don't want to victim blame per se but sometimes isn't the downfall not in as much the con artist but with people's greed you said uh, the con artist wants to get something for nothing and many times i think it's the other way around too is is that unfair it's not entirely unfair, but I don't think I would use the word greed. It's um, marks who ultimately are taken on a ride. The people who end up ruined are the people whose entire worldview has been rocked and reshaped by whatever manipulated narrative the con artist has fed them. So it's not just finally being able to say, oh, well, 
I guess I'm not going to get a thousand percent return on these postage stamps. It's it's more that these people would have to undo all of the thinking that they had doubled down on for the length of the con. It's not just admitting you've been beaten. It would be admitting that the frame through which you see the world is manufactured and false. That is um, fundamental, foundationally devastating. Um, it's why they have, you know, deprogrammers to help people get out of cults. It's the same sort of doubling down and leaning into the one thing that is going to change not just your world, but the entire world. Um, so I, I give the marks a fair bit of leeway because these cons are brilliantly constructed. Um, and even so in the Drakers instance, it was an entire raft of people who had to come out and admit that the thing that they had been banking on for, I mean, at this point, 50 years was a fiction that that would be really hard sure. to swallow. Sure. Um, but then there are other cons, like uh, in my chapter, The uh, Princess and the Magicians. The princess, a fraudster, she very cleverly found one guy, one incredibly rich, sort of credulous man who was perfectly positioned to give her everything she needed, which was um, a lot of money and social standing. And so in order to undo her con, what needed to happen was to convince that one man, her one mark, that what was happening was not true. And that took multiple trials in New York in order to ultimately disabuse the Marx notion that the con was correct when everyone else was wrong. It's this, um, it is a nefarious psychology at work, less about greed, I think. Um, and yes, that's a charitable view and probably not completely accurate, but I, I would also add, Jim, that I don't I still don't think it's correct that if someone is trying to get a good deal that someone else has offered that like they should not be punished I don't right. think there right. is a very human tendency predilection to want to get the best and if someone is being sold that line it stands to reason that they would pursue it. It's, it's equally human, though, and super important to think if something seems too good to be true, it just is. Right. It just is. Um, and that is, yeah, I think greed is giving it, I don't know, maybe too biblical uh, a standing it's just a uh, a sort of fundamental desire to 
be special. Makes sense. And Makes I, sense. Yeah, and I think it's um, it's hard to begrudge someone that. No, that's under. And let me say, I'm not a fan of con artists and and hackers. I hope that there's a special place in hell for people who are like that. That's kind I of my feeling. I think it's the seventh circle. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not really joking. I mean, I really just think it's. Uh, I mean, I feel like in my life and a lot of people I've seen, I've always tried to work hard. I've tried to earn everything that I've gotten. And if I have to cheat somebody to get it, I don't want it. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, not everybody feels that way. <laughs> and yeah, uh, that's days, absolutely true. In day, I just don't understand it. I've never because to me, uh, for example, the hackers, my thought on that has always been if they took that same ingenuity and work ethic and intelligence and used it towards something good, what could they do? And they probably could do very well financially. I just don't understand it. I don't understand. And you know, it. that's that's why I use that the words ingenuity and resourcefulness um, because I agree with you that the people who are able to sort of architect these wild they're schemes, smart. they're super duper smart, and it's it's you know abjectly fascinating to watch someone smart use their smarts for bad things. Um, it's, you know, why we keep watching Bond villains and whatnot. It's this idea that they're the evil genius, I guess. And One I think a lot dollars. of the, Exactly. <laughs> my, my pinky is pointed. Yes. Um, <laughs> One million dollars. Yeah. Wow. What a throwback now. Um <laughs> I I just, um, I think that being smart and using your smarts for bad purposes becomes almost a self-fulfilling prophecy also. Um, and by that, I mean, it's the, like the thrill of the scam, right? It's the uh, the satisfaction of getting one over on someone else. And I think that that is a really um, sort of attractive and appealing sensation, you know, so the hackers keep upping their game. That they could be using their gifts for good, uh, I completely agree. And there are a lot of moments when I think about the cons I cover and just wonder, wow, what would you have been like had you not gone this particular way? Um, but that, of course, is a, <laughs> a dangerous way of thinking. What is? I would also oh go, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that when thinking about my cons, the con artists themselves, they're. I categorize them as being able to personify like these three central tenets. And what I came up with were mania, malice, and momentum. Mm -hmm. And each of them can exhibit one, two, or all three. Um, but the mania I thought was a really important classification because these people – I mean, I don't, I'm not a psychologist. I don't want to diagnose, but these people were not well. And that right. is, um, 
that's something that the brashness of their actions and the success of the cons themselves belie. What is at the heart here, though, are people who um, maybe have no compunction about doing bad things because they have less a sense of what that is. Right. That's also being sort of charitable, I think. Well, do, do you think that that maybe in some cases, I'm not saying all, because I, I've never been one to say, oh, it's okay somebody commits a crime because they have a bad background or they've been mistreated or abused or whatever. I I, I personally don't believe in that. It's like... I've seen Les Mis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. But I guess that's a question. Do you find that many of these con artists, as best you could tell, and again, this is a long time ago, came from a hard scrabble life and they had been like on the other end of the stick, as it were, and uh, they just kind of thought, hey, the, you know, the, the world's been horrible to me. I'm going to do what I can to get what I can. There, um, so in my book, that describes, I would say, six out of the seven artists, con artists. They are, more often than not, folks who, um, for whatever reason, don't have the same opportunities or privileges in life, but are clearly incredibly smart and ambitious in, in a way that might be focused or very general. Um, so I understand wanting to raise one station, but much like what you said earlier, you know, I work hard, but if I have to cheat someone else to do it, I'm not interested all of these folks improved their stations, but specifically by denigrating others. And while we could get into, oh, but, you know, that's what robber barons and industrialists were doing, I agree with all those things. <laughs> right. But it's the, um, it's this sort of personalized and pointed scam where they have identified a group or a person over which they're going to get one. That was <laughs> not to be grammatically obtuse. These are folks who want to improve their lives, but at the expense of someone else. Right. Right. They don't care who gets in the way. So of all the kind of uh, those several different cases that you cover, which one is the most uh, uh the most ingeniously constructed hmm. swindle, which one do you say, wow, I mean, I hate what they did, but can somehow in a strange way admire how they did it? Oh, boy, Jim, I um, <laughs> I mean, the bad answer is all of them. The reason I chose these folks is because I uh, each of them is bonkers in its own right. They range from the, you know, incredibly detailed scam to the very broad scale scam. So the ones that stick out most to me um, for brashness, I guess, would be my chapter called Diamonds in the Rough, which in the early 1870s, a pair of cousins from Kentucky buy <laughs> diamond chips uncut gems and literally throw them around this field and then sell the field as a diamond mine. Hmm. That's wild, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's um, that continues to impress me. 
in its um, in its scale and its gall. That that's a super good scam. Um, luckily, you know they were found out thanks to hardworking geologists. But that I continue to sort of imagine these two hard bitten dudes with sacks of gems that they have bought going to a field and just tossing them in the dirt. Um, that's such a great image. So that certainly sticks out to me as one of my faves. The other, though, is the final chapter about the Sir Francis Drake estate scam. Mm -hmm. And that is wildly impressive for its scope. It lasts over a hundred years there are three or four different people who get in front of the scam, but the the push, the feeling, the scheme itself is so big that they just have to get in front of it and ride it. And it's not until um, things have reached a fevered pitch and folks actually come calling for money that that actually breaks down. But it takes a hundred years. And... Um, extreme sort of deprogramming of entire swaths of people, most of whom are named Drake. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is, from you, what are the takeaways from this for us in the present day? What lessons can we, can we take from this? Uh, well, gut check, that remains, uh, you know, a phrase that is at the front of my brain, and the gut check is just the glib way of saying, if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. And that's a really hard concept to uh, not only internalize, but sort of move with through the world, especially right now. Uh, there are opportunities left, right, and center to, in theory... I don't know what, like, get paid working from home, or uh, I, I, I couldn't even give you a specific example, I guess. But if something feels wrong, or if someone feels wrong, like, pay attention to that feeling and then do your research. Uh, mm -hmm. Research is a really big part of this because if you don't listen to your own gut and head and heart, you will end up giving something away that wasn't for sale in the first place. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the thing is, is that uh, the other lesson I would take, as we discussed at the beginning, kind of bringing it full circle, is that the good old days weren't necessarily all that great. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I start to wonder where where that phrase even came from when it started, because the old days have have never been universally good. Um, it's it's a matter of piercing the sort of canonical history. Basically, it's looking at what we think life was but then zooming out to see what's beyond the frame, um, which is exactly the thing that the marks, the suckers, needed to be doing in each of these schemes. Um, but it's that's a super-duper tough step to take. Um, 
I, I guess I'd like to read out the two uh, quotes I have at the beginning of the book because sure. I think they work so well. The first is from Carl Sagan, and he says, once you give a charlatan power over you, you almost never get it back. And that seems very true to me. And the second quote I have is from Philip J. Fry, Everyman of Futurama, which is, shut up and take you my money. <laughs> which um, I think when you consider those two things in tandem, that sort of covers my book, right? <laughs> well, there you have it. It's been a great discussion. Our guest has been Rayleigh Jean Savage. The book is a century of swindles, Ponzi schemes, con men and fraudsters. Rayleigh Jean, where can people find the book? Um, I hope you go to your local bookseller, and if it's not on the shelves, by all means request it. Otherwise, you can go to a large online retailer. All right. Very good. Our guest today has been Rayleigh Jane Savage. The book, again, has been A Century of Swindles, Ponzi Schemes, Con Men, and Fraudsters. Rayleigh Jane, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jim. This has been so fun. What a pleasure. Thank you, and thank you for tuning in. And per our discussion today, be careful out there. Bye-bye, everybody. 